Hi, this is Laurie Weston Davis. I'm excited to be coming to your home soon. For 25 years, you've been coming to Inman Connect, and now Connect is coming to you. Find details at Inman.com. Hi, this is Brad Inman with my Daily Dispatch. I watched a silly movie last night, Light Entertainment, but it ended with a line that I have not been able to get out of my head. How lucky we are to have even been born. Think about it. It took various turns, quirks, and events through your family history to make it even possible for any of us to even exist. Your great-grandfather accidentally meeting your great-grandmother and so on and so on and so, so on. I call it luck supreme that we were even born. Today, I'm lucky to have economist and real estate consultant, John Burns, who is going to look into the future with me and tell us where he thinks the housing market is headed over the rest of the year. Good morning, John. How are you? Uh, that's a tough question these days, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, actually, I, I love a challenge. So I guess uh, in, in that respect, I say I'm doing great. <laughs> now, you have a lot of clients and you have a wide reach, um, particularly folks check in on LinkedIn. John, John has a, a regular feature going there with a huge audience. What, is your, um, what are your real estate clients saying for the most part? Are they scared to death or what's the mood out there? Pretty tough? Uh, honestly, I'm doing my best to scare the death out of them. So they're, they're yeah. really okay. overly optimistic and very much um, focused on the present and glomming on to some news about, uh, you know, we're going to be back by Easter or in another week or another week. And a, a V recovery sounds so great. Uh, but um, I'm trying to get them to be more active in managing their business because in the last three weeks, 11% of America just lost their job. I mean, we've never seen anything like that. And, and you really haven't seen the effects of that in the economy yet because we're all stuck in our houses. But that is going to play out in the housing market and that's gonna make it really challenging. And uh, I think those that act first are gonna take advantage of it. And this kind of chaos always creates a lot of opportunities too. Usually not in the first few weeks, um, but there, there's a lot of opportunities. And I do have a lot of- John, let me ask you a question at 11%. What historically, you've been through enough recessions, uh, you and I both. Um, what normally happens, when is the rolling thunder of unemployment hit the housing market suddenly or over time? I mean, some people are still employed. I mean, they're at home now, they're probably not buying houses, but let's just separate the coronavirus and self-isolation from historically when an unemployment goes up that high, how does it begin and when does it slap the housing market in the face? So I, I think it slaps the apartment market in the face month one, and that's already happened. And that then, means tenants can't pay their rent and landlords are just stuck. Exactly. I mean, I, I live paycheck to paycheck. I no longer have a paycheck. I'm not paying my rent. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. time around, the government said, we're going to embrace you. Don't pay your rent and just stick it to your landlord. So even, even yeah. more people are doing that. On the um, When people own a home, you know, they've usually got a little more savings. They can hold on to the house. They can make the payment a little bit longer. You know, this time around, the government said you're a fool to make your payment. So we're already seeing defaults of people that still have jobs but are worried about losing their jobs already hit the market. So um, this is Never, but John, isn't there some coverage there? Isn't there some coverage or protection there with the forbearance? Like we learned from 2008, and it looks like the policymakers are making it easy and expensive, I'm sure, for the banks or someone 
but where we can, you know, get some relief from our mortgage for three months to get through maybe the toughest part is, is that going to work? Are we still going to see that? Are you seeing the defaults and all that already? Well, the, those are defaults. As soon as you stop paying, that's a default. And you're right. Okay, gotcha. The government has stopped, stepped in and saying, okay, bank, you are not allowed to foreclose on this person. You need to give them a few months. And so, but forbearance is not forgiveness. So that doesn't mean you're off the hook on that payment. Yeah. And I think lesson learned in the last cycle from every lender is we would much rather keep that person in the house if I have to take a small hit or restructure the mortgage or um, just tack those three months onto the, onto the principal. We can do that. Uh, but for that to be successful, that requires that person to find a job in the next three or four months. And so the apartment market bloody, homeowners a little, you know, I guess our, our leader here is the U.S. Treasury defer, defer, defer to meet and meet the piper sometime into the future. Uh, I mean, adding two trillion dollars to the, oh, just staggering the amount of money being printed here. But the average consumer is learning, I guess, to defer, don't pay your rent, don't pay your mortgage, don't pay your bills. Go to your, you know, go to your insurance company, go to your vendors, say, please, please, please. And they, you know, concede deferral like Amex, all the credit card. But you did, you, like you just said, at some point, you're going to have to pay these folks. When will they go from being kind of good guys to bad guys? But then let's move into home buying. Any last thoughts on that? Like all of us as consumers, right. defer, defer, defer. So, uh, I mean, most people don't realize this, but home prices are already trending down. So They are? Yes. Right. And, um, in fact, I've got a great survey I'm allowed to share. So uh, Compass California, it's the old Pacific Union Group, just surveyed, yep. surveyed their 700 agents this week. Uh -huh. And um, while a third of them thought, they had asked them what's going to happen once the shelter in place is removed. So this is coastal California. About a third of them thought really no change, but the rest of them by a two to one majority thought home prices would open up five to 10% down from where we entered. Um, and is that across the border? Is that listings will come down in order to get uh, that was, buyer? That, they asked about listing, that was home prices. Yeah. Because what's going, on, what's going on is people are pulling their home off the market, so you're not seeing a lot of listings, but the listings that are on there, people are already dropping their price, people who, can you know thought they'd get 200 grand out of their house and are now willing to take 170 or um, yeah. there's some level of distress that I don't want to own the home at all let's just get out of it and that type of person is dropping their price right now and resetting the bar and boy that's an interesting survey so that that's coming out from PU Pacific, or uh, Compass California yeah, this no, week they re they released it Monday morning yeah oh, okay great um, so that that spells a pretty negative scenario. And is that your overall feeling about the whole situation? This year's going to be hellish on wheels. Unfortunately, Brad, I think I think that's the most likely scenario. I mean, there there are some positives here that are going to prop things up, but I think the negatives are going to outweigh the positives. Yeah. And the economy. What's your you you kind of already you know said the V is BS. What kind of recovery does this look like to you? Something similar to what we saw twelve years ago, or do we know enough yet to know? I mean, the whole economy shut down, so it's kind of hard to imagine it just rubs up overnight, despite what people seem to want it to do. Um, yeah, sorry, my staff just walked in. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Say hi to them for me. <laughs> into the office. Um, hey guys, I'm on a webinar a podcast. No problem. Um, 
Can you ask the question again, Brad? Sorry about that. Yeah, you. it sounds like you're already pretty cynical about those experts saying it's a V recovery. Well, if, it's, if it's not a V recovery, one, why do you think that's BS if it is? And two, what kind of recovery do you think this is? Yeah, so we, we, we've been clarif we've been doing a um, five weekly webinars now for our clients and I'm trying to clarify the timeline. So, and this, this is a perfect tee up. So the timelines people are getting confused. They're talking about when we slowly go back to work Number two is when's a V or a U, but a V or a U could mean the economy falls 30% and comes back three, right? Right. But that's different than the housing market recovery, which the economy's down 30 and then up three, housing's still in the toilet. And so right. I think we're hanging on to these Vs. Because, and Vs. Of, because of high unemployment? Is that why we're still yeah. in the toilet? Yeah. Yeah. So, so last, last example, Brad, 2010, the economy started growing. How was housing in 2010 and 2011? It was horrible. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because of all the job losses and all the mortgage distress, it really was, it wasn't until 2012 to all those private equity guys started buying all the homes in the country that we really found bottom. Yeah. And uh, I, think, I, I think this is a better parallel to 9-11 than the last, than the 2008, but I still think it's gonna be a long road to recovery here. Yes, you're right. That it, it was 2008, Lehman Brothers crashed, stock market crashed. Nine, we started to feel it. But you're right, 10 and 11 was the disasters, particularly in certain markets. Let me ask you this. Then the recovery or the, or the worst scenario was Texas, Florida, Nevada, places where there was an unbelievable number of foreclosures. Is there any regional differences here that you might see post? I mean, that the area's oh, hard yeah. hit by Corona or what, what's your sense of who's going to get hit the hardest? I think Vegas is down for the count. I mean, the this casino, time. Oh my God. What, what, casinos need to be, I mean, they're, they're, they need to be 65% occupied probably to break even. Yeah. When is that going to happen? When is yeah. the convention center going to be full again? I mean, that drives right. the entire economy in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Vegas is going to be the poster child for distress. In fact, I hear it already is. And then New York, if you look at New York, oh my God, it's a disaster when you look at the coronavirus and disaster for the economy. But historically, they weren't hit as hard, New York City at least, by the 2008-9-10 somewhat because Wall Street was on its knees for a while. Um, but they recovered mightily after 9-11. What's your sense of that whole Northeast corridor? Same story, pretty bad. Um, well, that market, the housing market there entered, entered this week because it was already getting crushed by the Tax Act and a lot of out-migration and a number of other issues. Right now, the story there really is the health crisis more than the economic crisis. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think the jobs will come back. This is Gabrielle Fuqua, Director of Marketing for ActivePipe. For 25 years, you've been coming to Inman events to connect. Now, Inman is coming to you June 2nd to June 4th. Learn more about Connect Now at Inman.com. And let's just skip around the country. Anything unique or different about Florida or um, Northern California, Southern California that comes to mind? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, Northern California shut it down early. The curve is flattening already. Um, I think health-wise, it's going to come out of this one of the first. 
it entered this with all those unicorns that were bleeding cash to start. So there's a great question on how many of them are going to continue to get funded. And I would very much doubt that half of them are. So I think there's going to be a lot of economic distress there. And that will definitely be in the apartment market because most of those employees are uh, renters. Um, right. Then, you know, in, uh, in Texas and in the Southeast, actually our businesses down there are still doing okay. I mean, they are. Yeah. I mean, they're not great. They're not what they used to be, but our business has fallen off a lot more in California than other markets because people really are still trying to get work done and still buying homes. And I actually have a client who's building rental homes and, and leasing them all up still. Yeah, that's interesting. What, what's your sense of our policymakers? Let's just go around the planet, the Fed, the executive branch, the Congress, anyone you want to pick on or say they're great, Gavin Newsom, Cuomo, anything on the policy front, and, and I guess not policy, but political front, because these are the leaders, unfortunately, that people are fortunately <laughs> turned to in these moments. Uh, is there anything with them or their policies that you see being put in place other than bailing everybody out that give you a glimmer of hope or really, really worry you, particularly as we go into the next phase of all this? Well, you know, we're sitting here recording this on April 14th. I think, I think we know what the history has been. I think at this point, though, there are, everybody's all in. They like, they get it. <laughs> they, yeah. they know this is a health crisis. They know this is really bad for the economy. They're having, I mean, I, I cannot believe, I, I heard yesterday of a, a friend of mine who got his $5 million PPP check already. I mean, the, wow. government, the government got this done in two to three weeks. There's gonna be re repercussions um, but at least you gotta, you gotta acknowledge that both sides of the aisle in DC and the Fed and the president who just hated each other all are together and trying to get cash into people's pockets. So this is not the great depression and, you know, people don't have food. People are going to have food. Have you ever seen such a political consensus? Despite the fact people are going back and forth, the blame game, I can't recall Anytime. I mean, I used to write about California and there was never a consensus there politically, but it seems to be a pretty healthy consensus, maybe because we're up against the wall here and we have no choice. Well, when it comes to stimulating the economy, I'd agree there's, there's a lot of consensus. And, you know, we, we saw this in the last downturn, but frankly, it took them a year to get their act together. I think they learned from the last downturn that we better not wait a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, it took them a couple of days. It's amazing. The fact that guy got his check already. Tell me this, affordability, you and I, have, I've written endlessly about it. You certainly yeah. talked about it. Is this finally like the pandemic is a forcing function of so many things, um, like a technology adoption in real estate, et cetera, et cetera, that the pandemic is going to represent uh, some relief from our housing affordability problem? Well, I mean, I think home prices are going to go down and the odds are that mortgage rates will stay where they are. So housing will get more affordable. Um, yeah. you know, but when you really drill into the affordability issue, it's really people's down payment issues. And this isn't going to solve that. And what's interesting that's happening right now, I think, is a lot of people who are not savers are saving more than ever. <laughs> um, so I think maybe that, that's one of the positives that I'm seeing. Conversely, there's other people that are that are losing their jobs and actually going to get a pretty darn good paycheck for the next two months, thanks to the unemployment boost. But it's after that that makes me concerned. Yeah, so it might be a t difficult summer. 
very difficult. I think it's going to be a difficult summer. And I, I don't think the bad news is over yet, too. We really haven't heard from the, I mean, the banks, we're talking about all these, you know, the banks make loans on all these apartment buildings and office buildings and hotels. And, you know, there, there, there's going to be banking distress here, too. And the Fed stepped in right away and basically said, we're behind all the banks, forget your capital ratios, and there's going to be no run on the banks. But I do think the banks are going to uh, take a lot of pain here. And we really haven't even started talking about that. And the cities and states, too. I mean, John, I always ask my economist friends to find out their level of fear and paranoia. Do you stash away cash, cash? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Have you I, always done that or more recently? No, I've always done that. I mean, we, um, we use the good times to stash away a lot of cash. We've never borrowed a penny. Um, you know, we're, we, I wouldn't say we're prepared for this, but we're better prepared than most. Let me ask you, John, to wrap this up, where would you suggest, let's just go through the list, developers, real estate agents, you know, mortgage companies, one, two, three, is there any opportunity here and where might that be in the middle of all this pain or, or even uh, forget opportunity? What should they be doing other than watching their spending and the obvious with, with, with some advice? Let's start with developers, builders. Um, our developer clients are looking at instead of developing things for sale, developing things for rent. There's going to be a shift from ownership demand to rental demand. Actually, the, the math kind of works because you can borrow to develop at a pretty low interest rate. Um, it requires more equity. Um, so we're, we're seeing a lot of that. And I'm, I'm talking more about townhomes and detached homes, not apartments. I, th I think apartments are going to be the most distressed uh, realist, well, behind retail and hotel. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think the apartments going to get clobbered here. And because uh, we have a 33 year high of a multifamily construction going on right now. And once those units get filled and those empty units come on the market, it's just going to be, I think it's going to be Armageddon. For the mortgage guys, you're going you're gonna to see who's got a good servicing and, and a good balance sheet and who doesn't. The servicers are going to separate themselves here. I think there's going to be a lot of demand to restructure a lot of these loans rather than foreclose on people, which I think is a great opportunity. Uh, I, I, everybody wins in that situation, the, the borrower and the lender. Um, so th there's, a, there's a fair number of opportunities here. And you talked about geographies, and there's going to be some geographies that recover a lot sooner than others. And it's going to be the ones that have the job growth sooner than others. So it's follow the job growth. Yeah, well, I'm glad you gave us a sober analysis because I think sometimes we, you know, get that giddy up and go optimism that, you know, developers always has as entrepreneurs and real estate people certainly have it. And it's okay to have a positive attitude, but it's also really important to be realistic during these times. And you yeah, do a yeah. good job of giving us that realism. John, I'd love to get some of your writing that you do on Inman. It's a big distribution platform. Um, would we find that on LinkedIn so we can publish some of your stuff on Inman for our readership to find? Yeah, so we, we publish probably twice a week on our website, realestateconsulting.com. I usually okay. post it on LinkedIn. We have 750,000 followers on LinkedIn. Um, you know, what I'd like to do, we have a huge subscription business just like you do. So I'm, I'm trying to get big companies uh, to subscribe to our business and, and the diversity there is what's going to see us through, thankfully. Yeah, that reoccurring revenue, that's... That's all of us, you know. Uh, well, 
we'll talk about that later. You were excellent, John. You provided so much great insight and keep up the good work. And thanks for being realistic with my audience. Um, we don't like to deliver bad news too often, but the reality is there's a lot of bad news and our jobs are reported. So I'm really grateful. Any last words for well, our audience? My, my view on that is that the intent is not to depress you. The yeah. intent is to get you realistic so you can get out there and start kicking some butt and maybe save some cash and then, and then uh, make some money on the way out of this. And that's, that's the opportunity. I like that. That's the, the way to look at it. Okay, gang, this is uh, Brad Inman with John Burns checking out.